Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast in Ringer FC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hearn. Ryan, how are you doing? Don't ask me. Let's just <laughs> get on with it. Okay, so we are doing a special bonus. How are you? How are you? How are you? I'm, you, know, you know I'm great. Long time no speak. That's right. But the reason I'm so happy is not just to see you because we are doing special, <laughs> <laughs> special rundown, Men's Champions League and Europa League. The draw was made just after you recorded um, earlier. So we're going to do a bit of a, not a deep dive, but a shallow dive into the fixtures looking ahead. Oh, be careful diving in the shallow end, Musa. Yeah, that's what Benfica said to Arsenal. Um, oh. Yeah, sorry, sorry. So it's okay. So, you went there already. I can't believe you did that to me. Listen. <laughs> always. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's start with the Van Boom, which we have to do. Don't forget, there was Monday's episode of Stadio, which we talked about Lucien Favre being sacked by Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, kind of potential replacements, context of Favre's appointment, etc., um, etc. Et um, Righty's House will be up on Wednesday. I'm joining Righty this week. Check out ringer.com forward slash soccer because I'll be doing a little bit of a look at Dortmund. Ryan, I, you are very much the podcast resident Dortmundologist. I mean, that's not fair. I think it is fair. I, but I'll be talking more about the similarity at the end of Rain, Kovac and Hansi Flick at Bayern and Favre and whoever comes next at Dortmund and just kind of what they're handing over. I think actually to Favre's credit, he hands over this club in really quite good shape. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But that's, that's going up soon. It's going up soon. Yeah, if you listen to us on a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please give us a rate and review. Because it really helps. Because it really helps for the podcast. Yeah, it does. All right, we'll get into the Champions League after this. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, man. So the draw's made. Shall I rattle off the draw for anyone who's not seen it? Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Manchester City. Lazio versus Bayern. Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea. RB Leipzig versus Liverpool. Porto versus Juventus. Barcelona versus Paris. Paris Saint-Germain, Sevilla versus Borussia Dortmund, Atalanta versus Real Madrid. Thoughts, Lokwanga? Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. It feels like, okay, so whereas the last Champions League draw was all the teams that least wanted those opponents. Mm. So sort of Atleti Liverpool, for example, Napoli, Barca. This feels like these ties are all navigable but not without scares. I think that the teams that we fa- we'd favour in these ties will all go through 
but there'll be a bit of fear in the process if that makes sense. That's how I feel about them. Yeah, I think there are a couple of ties in there where, where the managers will just really not have wanted to get those teams. Like, for example, I don't think that Klopp would have wanted Leipzig. No. At all. I think that they will still come through that Liverpool, but I really think Klopp would have preferred an easier ride. If you look at Bayern, for example, Bayern getting Lazio, you'd probably say Bayern are the only side in that who would be like, yeah, we're all right with this. I think that's right, yeah. Because although on paper you'd say that obviously Gladbach will, will probably struggle against Manchester City, you saw how much Leon stung City last season and Leon were not expected to really do anything against Manchester City. Yeah, there's a little bit of like my heart fighting my head over this, but I think City will be too strong for Gladbach. However, we have seen sides on a domestic level and on a European level sting Manchester City when you wouldn't expect them to. So Gladbach are a strange one for City because they could hurt them. It just depends on a lot of what we said about Gladbach already, whether they will go into it with that mentality of knowing that they belong or whether they will fear City. If they show City too much respect, then they could get walked over. I'm going to be slightly harsh here. I don't know which Gladbach is going to turn up against City. I'm not sure if they know either. Mm. If I look at some of the performances of Gladbach this year, you know, they get taken apart um, 3-0 by Dortmund first game of the season. And they were, look, COVID obviously is a challenge as well. But then they look superb for long periods in the Champions League for long stretches against Real and yeah. Inter, they look superb. So I think what City have to do is really focus on themselves and sort out their, sort out their firepower, sort out their nine position. Ferran Torres getting regular starts at nine. This conversation becomes easier for City, but unfortunately, Gabriel Jesus has, his shooting boots, I, I think he lost them a long time ago when he became this kind of, defensive battering ram at the nine I think he, he feels like he's lost his attacking instincts to an extent um, might we'll not see. be a bad thing for a tie like this though to be honest maybe maybe yeah maybe relying on goals from wide yeah maybe maybe City could cause Gladbach a lot of problems with their movements from wide areas yeah I just think that Torres gives you that all though you know mm. so we said Bayern will probably come through against Lazio right yeah I think so I think so that's a kind of limp to the end of the group stages Bayern obviously have key injury to Kimmich, which is just, that is a game-changing injury, no question. Yeah, I mean, although he is back in training already, which wow. is kind of wild. I mean, he's been training on his own very gingerly. Goodness. But you never know. I mean, he might be back in action by the time that those knockout stages come around. And if he is, I mean, that is such a huge plus for Bayern because even though I think Jamal Musiala has slotted into midfield quite well, there's still a lot to ask for. Kimmich, is a, ge- Kimmich is a general. Yeah. Kimmich runs, yeah. 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 Kimmich is a uh, generational talent, Musa. No, no, well, no team in world football can sustain the loss of both Thiago and Kimmich. You can't lose two best, arguably the two best orchestrators at this level in European football and not be not sustain. Yeah, there are a few players in the world that would walk into pretty much every major team in Europe, and Kimmich is one of them. I think that's right. There isn't a midfield that he doesn't improve. That's true. Yeah, it's true. I think my favourite tie of the round is probably Atleti. Chelsea. That tie's got history. We saw what Arda Turan did when he went to Stamford Bridge. He had all kinds of fun. Um, this feels to me that I feel this is Chelsea's actually. Yeah, we disagree on this one, huh? 
Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Although I can totally see your reasoning about that behind this. I could, it, was, it, it was one of those where it wouldn't surprise me at all if Chelsea came through this. It's just looking at how Aleti have struggled to find the goal-scoring touch in Europe. They haven't put away, you know, they didn't put away Bayern. Um, they didn't put away, I think, Locomotive, despite having the better part of the game. And Chelsea found their, their scoring touch in Europe, of dispatching Sevilla. And they've beaten teams in different ways as well. Um, defensively looking really quite solid. Atleti are asking too much of Joao Felix, I think. And Thomas Lamar is stepping up, but I'm not sure at the rate that you need two creators out of that midfield. And again, Carrasco, you know, we keep, this is the thing with Atleti, we keep waiting for players of theirs to have their big creative breakthrough, you know? Mm. The beat never quite drops with them. And I just think, you know, and they've got people like Ziyech and Ziyech's had a deep Champions League run. Like they, they're not new to this. They know what they're doing. You know, Werner's been here before. And these are players that love the Champions League and they bond, they're bonded well. Yeah, I, I don't know about this one, you know. I, was, I think I was saying before we recorded that I could see this being like a nil-nil at the Wonder. Chelsea being one up at Stamford Bridge or even two one up at Stamford Bridge and then a really late Atleti goal to knock them out on away goals. Mm. It's just the energy. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Dude, I get that. I think it's whether, you're right, it's whether Atleti can generate that. It's not good for them that they're so, you know, the defeat to Real notwithstanding, they're so well positioned in league and Champions League, and yet there's this question. Mm. There's always this question about the, with them about whether they can truly unleash the attacking potential. And maybe they need a, a breakthrough performance. But at, at present, I'd back Chelsea on this one. What about Leipzig, Liverpool? Liverpool. Yeah, I think so as well. I think it could be tough for them. And squad fitness is going to play a massive factor in this. Yeah. I think, for example, if Liverpool are still operating on bare bones, by the time the knockout stages come around, or they may be into another injury cycle, we don't know. The key pressure point in this tie is um, Alexander-Arnold against Angelino, which is funny because the two, the team's two biggest creatives are going to be directly opposite on the same flank. Now, what Leipzig do really well is they flood the midfield and then switch the play to the left. And it looks like an obvious strategy and it's fun and obvious until you actually have to stop it and then it becomes a nightmare. Um, so I'll be very interested to have those two go head to head, actually. and to what extent it'll come down to the extent to which they exploit the space behind each other actually mm. and th- they're not just the team that switches it they've got some pretty dangerous tools for the middle uh, Paulson Clivert combine really well so yeah it's an interesting tie but I think that it'll be one of those ties where even Germany went to the 2014 World Cup final and ended up winning it this will be like I think Leipzig will be like their Algeria when Algeria came at Germany hard out of the group stages and Germany were like, whoa, and took the full blow yeah. and then like went on and just looked really impressive. I just wonder how much defence will play a factor into this because, you know, you could say that Leipzig might have the best defence out of the two sides going into the tie. Yeah. And whether they'll be able to stop that Liverpool front three or whichever configuration of a front three they, they field. Yeah, I, I just think so much. Of, I think this one's really hard to call because of, the variables that we don't yet know about. Yeah. I think, I think if, both, if both squads are fully fit, I think Liverpool go through. Like I said before, I don't think Klopp would have wanted Leipzig because no. you know, Leipzig can really bother teams and Liverpool's midfield is under par uh, or under strength, let's say. 
you know, you've got some experienced heads in there who can who can run things like Marcel Sabitzer in a game like this against an under strength or under experienced Liverpool midfield could cause severe problems for that for the, for the overall game. Oh, and Liverpool Liverpool tie for them. Leipzig. I mean, weird enough that five nil defeat against United kind of helped them because it allowed them to get on with it quietly. And such a weird game, that. Such a weird game. And they rattled, I mean, they rattled Bayern at their own place badly mm. in, in the Bundesliga. Mm. And to me, that's the true Leipzig. That's what they're capable of. Yeah, I agree. I think this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, very much so. I don't think I, weirdly, I don't think there'll be many goals in it, in that one. No, me neither. Me neither. Porto, Juventus. I, I think I'd have Juve for this one. Just because of who's leading them. Cristiano Ronaldo running that team. I thought you were going to say Weston McKennie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that too, that too. It'll be interesting to see if Pirlo is a kind of Ancelotti type manager who, you know, is strong in the, you know, good in the league, but really takes flight in the Champions League. Like Pirlo's knockout now is going to be really interesting as a factor in this, I think. Yeah, I was thinking about Pirlo because we didn't really cover much of this. Of, we didn't cover any Serie A on, on Monday's podcast mm. this week. Some great games as well, actually, yeah. He had to give. Yeah. But I think that, I do wonder whether he's just kind of settling in a little bit, Pirlo. And I was, th- and I, I was thinking how, how different that Juventus side does look compared to last season on paper. Mm. In terms of shape, in terms of key personnel, especially midfield. And I do wonder whether we're maybe overlooking them a little bit. Juve? Yeah, uh, I bit. think I think a little bit. I don't think much. I think that the the squad level, if I if I'm honest, the squad level is is a notch below. It's a notch yeah. below the elite, but it can still do damage. Mm. I think this Juve knocks out. Actually, I think this Juve is a horrible proposition for a team like Atleti because Cristiano Ronaldo has been so brutal to them. I think that this Juve, in particular matchups, beats better teams. I they're a different Bayern, beast, yeah. They're a different beast. Yeah, I think the result against Barca, even though Barca were kind of half under, like half rotated, half not, I still think that was a bit of a bit of an eye opener. Yeah, I think so. A bit of a taste for the latter stages of the Champions League. Yeah, so yeah. I'd, I'd, I would expect them to go through against Porto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Barca, Barca PSG again. <sighs> okay. I don't want to sound negative here, but I think it's kind of a real state of where both sides are at at the moment that this is. This feels like quite an underwhelming draw or an underwhelming tie compared to what it would have been in recent years. Is that harsh? Very fair. Very fair. I was going to say something harsher, so I'm not going to say it. Oh, what were you going to say? I felt like Mike Tyson against Roy Jones Jr. Oh, I was going to say, it was a little bit like the, you know, like the, the gif of the two kids doing the karate. Yeah, the it, just, landing. it just felt like, I mean, these are teams that have... These are squads that, you know, these are projects that feel tired. You look at the energy that was in the PSG project, the arrival of Neymar and the energy Mm. in Barcelona immediately following 2015 or in the lead up to 2015 treble. And those were electric squads. They really were. They were charged. Both of them were like, we're going to do something big. And you look at them now and you're like, they feel tired. And the word Mm. transition is overused a lot in football, but I'll use it again. These clubs are in transitional places. They're headed somewhere, but not fast. And you can see that through the kind of like patchwork nature, uh, the, the ill-balanced nature of the squads. And, you know, who's going to win this? Well, 
I think I think Barca will win it, but this unfortunately gives me. I have a feel. You think Barca will win it? Yeah, I do. I think Barcelona will win this tie, and I think what then happens is, I think the next uh, the next round is going to be hard for them. I think the thing about PSG is they can be got at this year, and people have got at them. Oh, they've and, been got. Yeah, yeah, they've been got. They've been got good, and Barca do have goals in them. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. The injury to Anzu Fati was just... That's not a good one. Oh my goodness. Uh, it be interesting to see what both sides do in January ahead of this. Isn't it funny how when clubs are in a bad place, they get the worst possible injuries? Like, they're oh, already yeah, in a yeah. bad place. It's almost like the kind of, the football gods are like, yeah, you're really struggling. Mm, what's really, really fun about your team? What's the one thing that's, oh, Anzu Fati, yeah, let's take that one. I think Barca are paying the price for some... Um... Brathwaite related karma. Yeah, that was brutal. I really want to look forward to this tie and I, I probably will do when it comes around, but on paper, this is what I, just bothers me a little bit. It doesn't look as tasty on paper as it would, should have done. My whelm is very under. <laughs> um, what about Sevilla Dortmund? Oh, I think that's, that's arguably the purest footballing tie. Ah. You know, in terms of just, in terms of just quality Two great cities as well. I mean, in terms of like two cities that are just vibes for football, football vibes. It's really funny how whenever I big up Dortmund as a city, everyone, everyone German's like, what? I'm like, yeah, oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I get that with places. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, you just like, like somewhere. I mean, you know, just, you just like somewhere that a lot of people are like, really Dortmund? Like, yeah. Yeah, because every time you go, they have a vibe, right? That's how it is. Got the football museum, got a few really good coffee shops. Got if you a, feel you know, it, you a, feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys all opened a club there now. You know. If you right. feel it, you feel it. But what do you need? I think, yeah, that, and that's the thing. This tie, interesting contrast in styles. I think Sevilla, tough one to call, but Dortmund, I don't know. It's, it's nice having a point to prove in Europe. Mm. They're still in the mix in the Bundesliga, actually. Still early days. It's easy to remember with these bad defeats that they're still in with a shot. New manager could change a lot. There's six points off the lead in the Bundesliga, but that can change with the right run of results. But I think the Champions League, this squad has bonded quite well, despite their adversity, they've bonded quite well. And I think they could have quite an interesting run in this tournament. They kind of got sucker punched by PSG, actually, if we think about it last year. Mm. They did get... Yeah, they really did. They, they should have won that time. They, they should have. And I think the yeah. way that PSG celebrated that was actually extremely revealing. Yeah. They really rattled them. Like mm-hmm. the way that PSG gloated revealed actually a huge insecurity. They never expected to be that scared by that group of upstarts. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a shame that Favre is not going to have another go at them this year, but I think they've still got the tools to cause real trouble in this tournament. I think I'd go for Dortmund in that as well. Yeah, it's going to be a good tie, that one. Too many I think. tools, I reckon. Too many tools. Yeah. Uh, final tie of the round is Atalanta-Real Madrid. Now, I think this is a funny one. Like, for example, if we get the Real Madrid who turned up against Shakhtar for two games, Atalanta will have a free-for-all. I don't think we're seeing that Real again this year. As long as Ramos is fit, I don't think we're seeing them again. Yeah. He is that important, right? He's everything. Mm. He's everything. He, yeah. I, you know, you look at Varane's body language and Varane's movement when he's there and when he's not. Mm. Varane almost, in some cases against Shakhtar, looking around, almost looking for someone to take charge. Yeah. He's huge. He coordinates that entire team. and. If he's fit, and he probably will be, judging by his Instagram, they're taking that, I think. Because Atlanta also, Atlanta are not 
they're not themselves. They're not the Atalanta mm. of last year. Ilicic is in nothing like the form he was. Papa Gomez is eternal. I mean, Gandalf the... Yeah. <laughs> Gandalf the Latin, you know. <laughs> but I just think they're just a bit too leaky and Rail are just a bit too savvy. Mm. It's a shame though, because, you know, the joyful energy of, of Atalanta has kind of gone to Gladbach this time around. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Real Madrid will go through that. I think the group stage has shit them up a bit, actually. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Way too close to call for them. So, that's the draw for the Champions League. Ooh. It is spicy. It's a good one, man. It I always really delivers. It. it always delivers. Best tournament. Like, I love it. I love it. Like, it's... Is it the best tournament or is the one that we're about to talk about after the break the best tournament? <laughs> this episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, let's talk about the Europa League quick while we're here. So. Draw for the Europa League is Wolfsburg against Spurs. Dinamo Kiev versus Brugge. I'm going to call that one the battle of the new pronunciations. (laughs) 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 You know, I've just been really doing the work, Musa, this year. That's right, you have been doing the work, yeah. So speaking of doing the work, uh, Real. (laughs) 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 No, Real Sociedad against Manchester United. I'm doing it all in dialect. <laughs> Benfica against Arsenal. Oh, goodness. Lord. Could uh, get, baked. The, get baked. Speaking of getting baked, I think we should get baked and watch this one. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Well, it's too <laughs> late now. <laughs> Red Star <laughs> Belgrade against AC Milan, aka? As they tweeted from their own English account, Red Star, the Deja Savicevic <laughs> Derby drink. Drink. <clears throat> very hyped about that that has big 99-1 energy that's big hipster energy if you had to pick mm. a hipster tie uh, Royal Antwerp against Rangers which also has early 90s but Euro- UEFA Cup vibes it does the only vibes this has where Rangers go out and away goals because they couldn't use their best player <laughs> because of the three foreigners rule <laughs> <laughs> that is and as soon as straight red. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slavia Prague against Leicester. Rebel Salzburg against Villarreal, which I think is going to be a hype tie, actually. Praga against Roma. Krasnodar against Dinamo Zagreb. Young Boys against Bayer Leverkusen. Molde versus Hoffenheim. Granada versus Napoli. Maccabi Tel Aviv versus Shakhtar Donetsk, which I am kind of hyped about. I think that one could be pretty good. It's a vibe. And Lille, Lille against Ajax and um, what I'm calling the red and white strike derby, which is Olympiacos versus PSV. How do you feel about Real Sociedad? Uh, I think they're a really, really good team, maybe slightly struggling for a scoring touch. Mm. And they could be this year's Sevilla in terms of building confidence as they go through a tournament. Just a really well put together team and what David Silva's already doing there is really impressive. They look really good. I mean, Jan, what a great... Jan's eye out for vengeance. David Silva's agent, you know, he has not put a foot wrong 
with his representation of that man. Really? I okay, think Lazio fans might disagree with that. Yeah, they would. They would. Yeah. I think that's, that's fair. <laughs> Even the fact that he's managed to avoid them in the Europa League. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's pretty classy. I think this is a, a really, really tough tie. And if, if there are United fans who don't respect Sociedad now, then they very soon will. Mm. So the one fear I have is they'll be kind of be like, oh my God, but it's Sociedad. No, they're legit. They're for real. The, uh, it'd be a real shame for Sociedad if they get absolutely hammered in this tie. Yeah, because it won't be a fair reflection of the quality they brought yeah. this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really worried about that Benfica Arsenal tie. It should be. But to be honest, you could have given me anyone in that group, in that draw. That's true, actually. And I wouldn't have felt all right about it. What I'm kind of intrigued by is how, is, is how much Arsenal play in the front foot. You know, if they, they've I mean, given... How, how, how much do Arsenal play on the front foot? Oh, goodness. Well, in the Europa League, they're quite entertaining, aren't they? They're quite fun in that. Yeah, I mean, if they play all the kids, maybe Arsenal will do all right in that. But This is why I'm hyped. This is why I'm hyped. Like, yeah. I just think it's a great opportunity, Europa League, um, to go out and, like, you know, getting European foot on your belt. And it's a good chance for the squad to bond. And this is maybe where we'll see the future of Arsenal. I think sometimes, you know, a time when a club is struggling, it's almost nice to look to the European form because it's like a day off. And actually, funnily enough, that's how even some of the biggest clubs have used the European competition in, in recent years. Like, you look at Real, not particularly impressive in the league, but winning those three straight, three straight Champions Leagues, um, mm-hmm. as I like to say. AKA the Okwonga. Yeah, exactly. It's almost what like... We call Europe, the Okwonga. Weird enough, Europe... <laughs> weird... <laughs> Weirdly enough, um, Europe becomes, European competition becomes a bit of a free hit to an extent. Yeah, a bit of escapism. Um, yeah, I think so. So I'm, I'm kind of looking to these ties overall. The one I'm most looking forward to is the Lille Ajax. It's going to be really good. Uh, yeah, just because Lille played some lovely stuff this year and a nice deep Europa League run for them. Because at some point they'll be, at some point they'll be expecting PSG to like put the brass knuckles on in, in, in the uh, Liga. So for them to come out of this with some kind of a trophy would be great. In terms of an actual matchup, I'm probably more intrigued about Red Bull Salzburg against Villarreal. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. It's going to be a big test for Jesse March that, like against a, I mean, they've, they've, you know, they already kind of did okay against Atleti, but we've already discussed Atleti's struggles in Europe this season. Really interesting to see how they face up against. And Emery knows how to run things in the Europa League. Yeah. He knows yeah I mean, you know, he got well. Arsenal to the final in his only full season there. Yeah, and Sevilla as well. Yeah, and did obviously very well at Sevilla. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really intrigued by that tie. If fans are back at that point, I think Kiev, uh, Dinamo Kiev and Brugger is going to be a really high, high as well, actually. Here's the thing. Are there severe players and fans who are secretly craving the Europa League at this point? Not because they're bought in the Champions League, not that, but like, they're like, oh, it doesn't feel... You know, like when you go from playing, go from playing arenas to playing stadiums and they're like some bands that oh, love playing in arena. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> yeah sure it sounds great go on right I'm a poet I've never played anything bigger than a garden shed but um, <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of home aren't they they really are they and really it would are. be such it would be such a severe thing to go win the Europa League again this season yeah it would it would um, what are they six I'm, of six goodness I'm intrigued about uh, Olympiacos PSV as well I think that's going to be a good, uh, good tie but 
Europa League's a funny one, man. It always starts to look very interesting around this point. Yeah. It always, it always draws me in. There are so many games and I'm like, oh, Europa League. And then it's just the moment when it, it just becomes really compelling and doesn't stop again. If it was still called the UEFA Cup and it had better branding, it wouldn't get half the stick it gets. That's right. And you can, to be honest, you, you can change all of that in... But I mean, the Europa League is just a dreadful name anyway. Yeah, it and is. The, the kind of shaving advert theme music is not great. Well, yeah, because Europa League sounds like it's second to something. The UEFA Cup always sounded like its own entity. It sounded yeah, like you, it was Europa League thing. sounds like one of those things that you would play on PES. Yeah. Because they didn't have the rights to an actual tournament. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, can't use the actual names. Yeah. yeah. Renarid scoring in yeah. the final or of Gond- Europa League. Gondolino at left back. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Renarid scoring for yeah. Madrid Blanco <laughs> in the Europa <laughs> League final. <laughs> no, the EUFA. The EUFA. <laughs> it just switched the U and the E around. Yeah, yeah, the EUFA. <laughs> EUFA sounds like some terrorist organization. Sounds like an antibiotic. It's like the anti Antifa. Goodness, Goodness, let us never start an anti-Ativa podcast. Oh God, no! I don't need that smoke. I don't. I don't need any more podcasts. I don't care what they are. That's true. Actually, it's true. Definitely not anti-Ativa ones. That is not my vibe. Here's a question, though. Okay, I have to ask this: Which of these ties is the most existential? So, which of the which these ties will see players acting out, acting out just to feel something? Because it's going to be one. There's always one. That's the thing. It's when you're watching any game of football, it's work out which of the players is on a journey. Like everyone's there. To, everyone else is there to win, but that player you know is there. I've got it. I've got it. God. I think it's Krasnodar Dinamo Zagreb. <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't, feel, res- be they didn't like, feel respected. Yeah. Either them or I think I'd suggest that Mulder Hoffenheim was one. Yeah. Because I think that Krasnodar, Dinamo Zagreb, and Mulder Hoffenheim, they're going to be like, no one's watching us. Let's make sure they regret it. <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, the, the, you know, if they have like the Europa League goal show of BT Sport or something, it's going to be like, <laughs> and we go live to Zagreb for another red card, and we've gone live to Hoffenheim for another red card. There's been another red card in Dinamo Zagreb, Krasnodar in the second leg. Krasnodar's <laughs> just like, no. No. <laughs> it's like, no. You get a red card. No, you get a red card. <laughs> you need to do an existential 11 at one point. One day. I just like, 11 Freds. 11. <laughs> you know, when you often hear about like players talking about like a teammate that gets sent off mm-hmm. and they often said, yeah, just before it happened, yeah, this wild look at his eyes. <laughs> you know and I looked, there was nothing there. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd probably go a little bit different on an existential 11. I think I'd stick Esteban Granero in my existential 11 he was always seeking yeah and there it wasn't some, football yeah, it wasn't football yeah, yeah yeah well like I mean, who was, who's Matthew that guy Flamini as well I think oh my god Matthew Flamini was a pioneer oh my god pro- yeah a proto pioneer of the existential yellow yeah he was <laughs> he was when he re for us the second spell that's that Mashi conclu the done deal. <laughs> Voila. <Just> straight away. <laughs> Voila. <laughs> oh my gosh. There I was it is. Say, if Germany would just like slide straight in and be like, 
Ich bin zu Hause. <laughs> oh, this is silly. Um, so that's the, yeah, the Europa League, the existential Europa League. Mm. The Europa League is a big ex- existential tournament, actually. It is. Thanks to everyone who decided to listen to this as well as Monday's podcast. Oh and we'll goodness. also listen to Wrighty's House on Wednesday and then Stadio again on Thursday. You are true Stadio slash Ringer FC slash Wrighty's House ultras. Absolutely. And we appreciate you. Like we said last week, there's nothing what's worse than a podcast. Bonus More podcast. podcasts. <laughs> and here we are. Talk about existential podcasting. No, but we, 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 man- yeah, but, no, but we, it's a, we manifested. We manifested it. We spoke it into being. We literally spoke it into being. It's like the opposite, the literal opposite of that hey ya line, what's cooler than being cool, ice cold. <laughs> the literal, factual opposite of that line is what's better than a, one podcast. Bonus podcast. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Don't forget you can check the ringer.com forward slash soccer for Moose's piece coming up this week. If you do listen to our, us on a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, Please give us a rating and review, preferably five stars. Because it really helps grow the podcast. It does indeed. Um, you can vote for us on the Pod Bible Awards as well yeah, if yeah. you would like to do that. And I think that's everything. And yep, yep. see you on Thursday. See you there.